I'm Greg, the host of Suspicious Circumstances Podcast, where I explore fascinating and bizarre stories. If you like true crime, you might be curious why a well-to-do housewife in California was assassinated in her own home in broad daylight, or how a Japanese serial killer used cult leader techniques to control his victims and get them to kill each other. Or maybe you'd like to know if the Soviets created a bioweapon and unleashed it upon the world in 1977. Yeah? Sound good? Great. Subscribe to Suspicious Circumstances Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or your favorite podcast app. Gonna do it, do it. Gonna do it. Let's do it. Gonna turn off my phone sound. Do it, do it. Oh yeah, me too, but mine's already off. This one's gonna be really fun for you. (laughs) Wee! This one's going to be so fun. You know why? Why? Because it's going to be about math. I thought you were going to say, it's going to be fun. (laughs) Because it's going to be fun. I told you. Listen to me. You have got to listen. I hate math. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hooray. Yeah, dude, I know. That's, Uh That's why we're doing a history podcast. Yeah. I don't know how to do math. I haven't done math since I was a sophomore in high school. I did some math when I was, like, in college because I had a a weird fever dream that I was going to be a microbiologist. <laughs> I had to take a test when I was in – for my community college mm-hmm. to – oh, wait. Did I have to take that test? Hold on. <laughs> did I have? No. Actually, I don't think I had to take the test because I had taken – in high school, I had taken pre-calc. Mm. And so they were like, that's good enough. We're pretty yeah. sure you know how to do math. You don't have to do anymore. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. So no, I think I haven't I haven't done it since I was a sophomore. See, I they had that option in high school. They're like, "Do you want to do pre-calc?" I'm like, "No, I don't." I didn't want to. They like <laughs> bullied me into it. Of course I don't. And then to. they were I like, want- "It'll help you." And I was like, "I don't want to do anything with math." And they're like, "You'll look smarter." And I mean, I guess technically it made me not have to take math ever again. So it's good. So it did work out. Yeah. But I hated that class. They were like, "Make a graph that looks like a flower." change this number to change the number of petals. And I was like, what are we doing? What? This this math has gone too far. <laughs> this is evil math. This isn't math anymore. This is bad, evil math. Also, welcome to Hysterical History. Yeah, we're going to talk about math. It's a podcast. It is. They're going to be like, it's a 4.51 p.m. <laughs> nope. It's a podcast where I, Alexis. And I, Haley. Talk about history. history and today math, 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 math. <laughs> yeah, math. Because Haley's making us. See, it's good though because I would never talk about a math person. <laughs> I would. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's hard. I can't. You know, it's like I'd have to read so much about the math they did, and I'd just be like, I quit. Yeah, I can't do it. But I'm doing it because honestly, I would never if my like history of science professors hadn't been like really engaging and funny. Yes. So I want to like bring that to you guys. In case you're wondering, that's why Haley really likes the science and the math boys. I had teachers who mostly liked religious history and France uh-huh. is just my own personal thing. Yeah. Why well, I'm Nobody also into like that. the Middle Ages. Like all the the best teachers you have are yeah. like what you end up studying. Right, yeah. Much. That's why that's why I like the later stuff because I had really good teachers for that stuff. You have to really be obsessed with a topic to continue despite bad teachers. Yeah. Uh so we're gonna talk about Copernicus. Yay. Mikolai I Copernic. do like him in general. Why? Because he seems like a good boy. Yeah. Uh, He's so boring, <laughs> which is why it's going to be so funny when He's we talk so, about it. I was looking him up, and I'm like, you haven't really done anything. I mean, I like a boy who's dedicated to his ideas, even if people are putting him in prison. <laughs> he, had, he didn't go to prison. Oh, okay. He didn't do anything. I thought Galileo went, went kind of to prison. Well, I know that. Copernicus didn't go to prison. Okay. Um, you know, people are like, Sometimes people are like, women aren't funny. Like, have you ever met Copernicus? <laughs> He's not funny at all. He's not funny. I, I asked the internet, I'm like, 
What is did he Caper- funny? Was Copernic? What did Copernicus do? This funny? No one answered. <laughs> I asked the whole world. I asked everyone. <laughs> no one. No one answered. Uh, but I'm doing it because uh, you know it's important, and I'm going to be talking about other science boys for like a month. I mean, the joke will be how not funny he is. <laughs> Eventually, it's going to be like he's such a basic science boy, yeah. and he's he's kind of like. So it's, eventually, it's going to be uh, Tuco Brahe and Johannes Kepler mm-hmm. and Galileo, and they're all a hoot. Yes. So Copernicus is like he's like a whisper. He's like a see-through pane of glass. <laughs> he's like the John Mulaney if John Mulaney wasn't funny. I was going to say, don't say that. But it's just he's like, like Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> <laughs> but Larry the Cable Guy is so like flamboyant. He's like Jeff Foxworthy. But even Jeff Foxworthy had a mustache. He's like Ron White. I guess. <laughs> Don't even know who no, that is. He's awful. Uh, but just like he had a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sometimes it takes me a minute. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the sneak up mustache. <laughs> like you you would literally have to be the guy who reintroduced the concept of the sun as the center of the solar system mm-hmm. to Europe to be remembered for all time uh, and still be this boring. Yeah. This is and, like literally all he did. And not have your memory just like lost to all time and be forgotten to Whoa. oblivion. <laughs> Whoa. How do we even know who you are? <laughs> He's so dramatic. He's nothing. Okay, tell me about his nothing. So... He he's kind of nothing just because he's just trying to get by. He's like a good little Catholic okay. boy, and he's trying not to get murdered and put in jail. Fair. Um, hard to do when you're a science boy at the time. Kind of hard to do if you're a good science. If you're good at That's it. That's true. If you're good at it. If you're an idiot, they're like you're just wrong. It's fine. Just let them do their thing. If you're bad at it, you're successful. Yeah. <laughs> you're like good job. Oh wow. You're, like, very good at your job. You're proving to us that everything we believe is right already. <laughs> yeah. If you're a bad scientist, you're, like, very good at astrology yeah. and probably a doctor. We love it. <laughs> it's the Renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> you're Nostradamus. <laughs> Ooh, just throwing shade all over everyone. So he... Ain't nothing wrong. He never earned a bachelor's degree. He never... Which is I mean... It's not uncommon. No. I'm tr- I, I'm trying to think if Ambrose Paré ever got a degree. I don't think he did. Yeah. So you, you can be successful and not get a yeah. degree. Even now. He, yep. Copernicus did attend four different universities. <laughs> okay. Though. <laughs> so. Oh, no. He. Um, Just keep transferring. Went to the University of uh, Krakow, University of Bologna, University of Padua, which really good schools. Padua. I will say. Hmm. After he can he, get in, he just can't finish. He just can't. He's not a finisher. No, he can't do it. Can't do it. After his time, because like Galileo is born after he dies mm-hmm. by like a decade or something. Okay. Uh, and Galileo will try to get a teaching position. Oh, what year is it? He um, like what time does he live in? I wrote down Copernicus's birthdays and dates. <laughs> But where are they? Oh, so he lives from 1473 to 1543. Okay. And so just like, oh, basic, if you don't like know who he is or what he do, he does the calculations and wowee, turns out it makes more sense if the sun stays put and the planets go around it. Yes, true. Which, if that sounds familiar, it's because that's what they do. Yeah. He's right. It's what heliocentric. they do. Heliocentric. Helio is in like Helios, the sun, mm-hmm. centric. It's the middle of it. Yeah. Center. Good for you. At the time, everyone is geocentric, as in the earth is the center. They think everything revolves around them. <laughs> the earth is the center of the whole universe. <laughs> Humans are so... Uh, <laughs> Just full of themselves. It, egocentric. Yeah. Geocentric. It's the, um, and it's been that way for ev- ever. Like, there have been some ancient Greeks who were like, you know what? What if? Uh, but it didn't catch on. Yeah. 
Nobody like didn't catch on. They were like, sit down, Ted. <laughs> sit down, Tedithy. <laughs> Tedimaeus. You keep trying to pretend like <laughs> things are different. We all know. Uh, so Ptolemy is the one who popularizes the geocentric model. Mm-hmm. So, Heard of him. So it's also the Ptolemaic theory. Heard of him. Uh, but you need to do a ton of handstands and triple lutzes to make it work mm. mathematically. Yeah. The planets will occasionally do something called uh, retrograde. They'll go into retrograde. Uh-huh. Mercury's in retrograde. Retrograde. Yeah, you've heard it if you know anything about astrology or making fun of astrology. <laughs> yeah, I was like to say, you've probably heard it no matter what. <laughs> you probably don't know what it means. But. but that's what happens when if you're just looking up at the sky, it looks like a planet will, it'll be just going in orbit and suddenly it'll just start going backwards like it's doing a loop and then it'll go forward again because it is doing a loop yeah so it looks like it just starts going backwards and forwards again what is actually happening is the earth is passing it in its rotation Mm -hmm. so we're just passing it by like when you're in a car and you're driving faster than the car next to you it looks like they are going backwards when actually it's just going slower yeah makes Um, sense but people in olden times, they're like, well, what if that planet going around the Earth is actually just going in smaller circles? And then there's just circles around circles. Those are called uh, epicycles. No, so you have I've heard to, that. You have to do math upon math upon math to make it even slightly work. And it's awful. And as we all know, Occam's razor, simplest, <laughs> is probably true. They took, That's not simple. They took Occam back behind the church and murdered him. With his own razor. <laughs> With the razor and the fire, and it was terrifying. They They're like, you it. know what? I like this type of science where I bend the world to fit my needs. It's so terrible. <laughs> the exact opposite of the scientific method. <laughs> what do I think is happening? I'll make it make sense somehow. I'll make it. I'll fit it to it. Yeah. There's a there's a line from Next to Normal, the musical, mm-hmm. that says, take what you know and then make it make sense. Just <laughs> yeah. force fit it. Force it in. Do it. Force it. And they do. Um, and it doesn't work. <laughs> nope. For long. Actually, it works for a long time, but we'll they, get to they that. They believe that for a long time. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. But after a while, belief isn't enough. Yep. We will get to it. Uh, but science. those universities, Galileo tried to get teaching positions at most of the places where Copernicus studied. Uh-huh. And he he didn't get in to Bologna. Yeah. And he was really bummed out about it because it's a really nice place it's like to the teach. Harvard. Um, I wouldn't say that. It's like Columbia. <laughs> I don't even. It's a pretty nice place. He was like bummed out. Brown. <laughs> he had to teach at Pisa for a while instead. Oh, that's lame. It's, uh, it's kind of backwater. <laughs> it's kind of not good. It's like USC. But then he ended up teaching at Padua and getting tenure Padua. there. And it was pretty good for him. It's like Stanford. I'm just going to keep listening <laughs> places. Randomly. State, state schools versus Ivy League. Wow. The Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. You didn't say Stanford. I just did. Did you? I don't listen to you. About Padua. <laughs> I said Stanford. And then you said you didn't say Stanford. <laughs> I don't hear Stanford. Wow. So. This is our good communication. <laughs> I missed your joke that you said and then repeated it a minute later. And then I just said a word four seconds ago. We. Are there exercises we can do where we, like, warm up? <laughs> we need to do – we just need to do more active listening. I can't do it, though. I'm hearing that you can't do it. <laughs> I'm hearing you say that I can't do it. <laughs> what? It, is that what you said? Okay, let's keep going. I don't – I forgot. So the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy <laughs> tells us that Copernicus is pre-Starboy days. He, like, wrote essays on – how to stabilize currency, and that people from Prussia and Poland read them. So we know that he was boring even before he did a lot of math <laughs> about stars. He's just like, he's like an economics major. And he's just like, this is how we can do the money. And they're like, no one cares. No one has any money. This is terrible. Be quiet. <laughs> go, go to school. You weirdo. And he's like, I can't. They won't let me. I tried four times. Uh, he focused a lot on... He, like, roomed with someone whose focus was astrology in school. So yeah. he, he got, like, kind of... Like, a cool roommate. Like, cool, like, professor roommate. Yeah. 
Uh, so he focused a lot of that in Italy and then medicine when he was in Padua, which are very kind of intertwined at the okay. time because to figure out if someone's ill, you have to look at like what their stars are up to and, yeah. you know, what the uh, humors are saying right, and of whatever. Um, <clears throat> he doesn't get his bachelor's. He does get a doctorate, finally. Good for him. Good for him. Finally gets a doctorate in. It. What do you think he gets his doctorate in? Math. Canon law. So in church, church rules, in the church rule book, doctorate. <laughs> you know what? It's just good proof that, like, just because you study something doesn't mean that that's, like, you've locked yourself into a career. It's so true. You're, you can always go to law school. Your major has nothing to do with what you eventually do in yeah. your life. See, like, he started with economics, and then now he's doing church law. And eventually he discovers that the sun's in the middle with astronomy. Yeah. Those are not related in any way, any of them. None of these are the same. Good for you. <laughs> I guess. It's going to die alone, but good for you. Stop spoiling it. <laughs> I think we could have guessed. Anyway, tell me about his law time. Uh, it's the most interesting part to me so he, far. I mean, he doesn't do anything with it. Gets a law doctorate and canon... I mean, I don't even know if it's, I mean, it must be, because it's in law, but it's yeah. a, whatever. It's a, from a completely different university Yeah, in Ferrara. He goes back to Poland. He works for the church mostly in, like, administration medical stuff. So boring. Because most of his experience is actually in, like, medicine and astrology. Yeah. Uh, and not actually in, like, law. Despite his degrees and essays. Yeah. Like, what are you? <laughs> what are you doing? But he must have a reputation outside of Poland because he gets invited to the Fifth Lateran Council of the Catholic Church. And it's mostly cardinals being upset at the Pope over various things. I was going to say, it sounds rather dull. Um, but the Copernicus is there. He's invited to talk about reform of the calendar. I like this idea, though, specifically mm -hmm. because it makes me think of, like, how old some things really are. Yeah. Like work conventions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they all got to hang out in this hotel together in the lobby or whatever. <laughs> their ballroom. Yeah. Have drinks and talk about the calendar. So there's five of them and they're all very different. Mm -hmm. But I looked it up and it like the calendar is not listed in your schedule at all. It does not sound oh. like you were talking about Someone it. Someone brought something off book. So it was basically the cardinals were really mad at the Pope, Julius II, because... I mean, when, when aren't they? They're always fussy. Because they want to be Pope. <laughs> they all so just, they're always mad. They're just like a bunch of hens who all want to be the head hen, mm -hmm. and no one's happy. But he, when he was elected, 1503, he promised to... Uh, he was going to have a general council, and then he didn't do it. So all the I cardinals mean, are like, we want one. That was just a political promise. It wasn't real. Mm -hmm. It wasn't real. He, never, he doesn't want to talk to you. And you all knew it wasn't real, and you still got mad and got your little hopes up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, they, what did they do? They had, like, some excommunications of some cardinals. <laughs> Great. That's fun. Um, they had... Some freedoms of the church and dignity of bishops. Although uh, we, we know from previous uh, Pope episodes that just because you're excommunicated doesn't mean you will be for long. No. Just this Pope's reign, and then maybe the next one will let you back in. It's all politics. Whatever. Uh, confirmation of the contemporaneous 1516 Concordat of Bologna between the Holy See and the Kingdom of France and... 1438 Pragmatic Sanction something something... Advocation of the war against the Turks to reclaim the Holy Land to be funded by three years of tax levies. So it's just like, you know, it's a work yeah. thing. Uh, little was done to put the work of the council into practice. Whether or not the Protestant Reformation could have been avoided if the reforms had been implemented is no. a matter of debate. No. This is, um, ooh, Martin Luther's 95 Theses were published just seven months after the close of the council. Yeah. This is all from Wikipedia. I mean, even if Martin Luther doesn't do it, like, someone's going to do it. <laughs> it's going to happen. It is inevitable. But uh, apparently he's invited to talk about the calendar. Right. Because you remember a few episodes ago, we had a moment where, like, I'm going to talk about the calendar. And you're like, no, don't. And I'm like, I'm gonna. And you're like, it's boring. I'm like, I'm going to do it. No. Anyway, it happened. <laughs> As we've established, we don't listen to each other. 
Although you do edit the episodes. Yeah, so. I mean, I can only remember one or two. You know, I don't. Sometimes I don't re-listen to the episode, so it's possible it didn't even make it into the episode. So I'm just going to look like I'm making things up. <laughs> it's all it a lie. wasn't in the episode. Mm-hmm. So one of the side effects of having a really busted mathematical model of your universe is that the calendar doesn't work. Yeah. Because um, ours is based on sun. Yeah, it's things. based on like how the actual year works. Yeah. Like you know, how we go around the sun and and like how one, we turn on the axis and and one year is one rotation of the, around the sun, etc. So if the Earth doesn't move, what is a year? Don't know. Uh, well, you have to figure it out through your weird handstand math, mm-hmm. and it's not the best. And it's like okay, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's fine the first year. And the second year, but they're on the Julian calendar, mm. which has been in place since Julius Caesar was in office. Yeah. Which was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It's a long time ago. So it's to the point where belief in the system isn't as pressing as the fact that Easter does no, is not falling on Easter anymore. Right. It's moving around. <laughs> it's falling in like a different month. Yeah. Uh, right, because, like, we have alternative calendars from, like, different religions, and then things will be on, like, very far apart sometimes or very mm-hmm. close together. Like, when we have Christmas and Hanukkah at the same time. Right. But sometimes we don't have it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, the calendars are different. They don't line up perfectly. Mm-hmm. Or same with, like, Ramadan. It'll move around. And I'll be like, when is it? I don't know. When, when is the thing? Who knows? But, you know, it's not my religion, so I don't have to super worry about it. <laughs> but when you're, you know, when you have... Special holy feast days that are definitely not pagan and not governed by when the sun is in a certain place. Yeah. It's, like, important that your calendar has not been slowly sinking since antiquity. Yeah, that it's not moving around. It's very confusing. There's a reason why now we have, like, I mean, Easter is still weird, but Christmas is, like, a day. Very specific number. And why we have stupid things like leap seconds. Yeah. Which is crazy. And, and like, you need it. There's probably a better way to do it, but you have, like, leap days and, like, leap centuries. And but it's, it's all just to keep it on task. Well, and it's easy. Like, it works. It does work. So then, like, why, you know, don't break. Yeah. Or, like, don't fix what isn't broken. And that's because, like, after Copernicus, there's going to be, like, um, some more aware popes who are like, you know what? The math is a lot better. <laughs> It works. You know what? Our holidays will be when they're supposed to be <laughs> if we what? do it this way. You know what? It doesn't matter what's in the center. We need to have a working calendar. Guy, we got to know when when things happen. My dudes, we need to fix it. When was Jesus born? It needs to be in the same spot. <laughs> we need to fix it. And he does. Uh, and it's Pope Gregory something the other, which is the Gregorian calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is what it is. We're on the Gregorian calendar, aren't we? Probably. Something. We're on a calendar, and that's the Pope it is. See, the problem with when you, like, you said we need to do calendars, my first thought when you said that was, like, French Revolution calendars, (laughs) and I was like, oh, God, no. No. Don't do that. No. I mean, someday I'll talk about that, but. (laughs) Where they, is that, do they go through, like, it only lasts, like, years. Yeah. If that. But it, like. It's bad. It gets all weird because they all start using it, like. At the top of their papers to tell you what year it is. And it'll be like year two mm-hmm. and then a whole bunch of weirdness. And then you're like, what? And then like everything you read of the French Revolution when that's happening, it'll tell you both. Mm-hmm. So it's like it'll tell you what they wrote and then translate it for you into <laughs> yeah. like, this is what it is in real human time. Because <laughs> guess what? It didn't work. Nope. Did it work though? Didn't. <laughs> uh, so the old system of calendar, it's not like, eh. I mean, it's not too bad, but over thousands of years, it's really bad. Yeah. We can't keep doing this. Uh, and turns out, yeah, if you use the calculations for a solar system, like how it actually is, it math just works out. It's like, wow. Right. Compared so to what easy. <laughs> compared to what you were doing, it's extremely accurate. It's so easy. It just falls into place. It's like perfect. It just falls into your lap. It's like, look, it's, it's me. Wow. It was me all along. <laughs> it's always been me. And you can do all other sorts of cool stuff. 
and you can like figure out like the math is so beautiful and it just mm-hmm. it's so easy like objects closer to the sun go faster and mm-hmm. objects farther away go slower so retrograde makes sense now because yeah. you just like pass other planets it just happens you can uh using trigonometry you can figure out how far things are away from the sun and from earth yeah and, and I mean, uh, other people get this. Like, Mayans got real good calendars based on, like, what things are doing. Mm-hmm. It's just dumb old Europeans. Europeans are like, how does, <laughs> how does I do it? They don't know what's happening. How, you know, the data fits. They're like, you, you know what? I don't like it. I feel like God wants this, the Earth to be in the middle. <laughs> but I feel, I feel funny about it, so I don't want to fuse I it. Don't, I don't want to use it. <laughs> Right. I just want to point out other cultures at this time do know what's going yeah, on. This is very Europe is busted episode. Yes. Europe you busted. Because I feel, you know, because we're, we're a pretty like Eurocentric um, podcast, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, mainly because of our like education, right? Because yeah. And because of the languages that we speak, it's harder to reach out to other cultures sometimes. But like, we do know that not only like Mayans, but like cultures all around the world at this time already understand what's going on. <laughs> it's just mostly Europe that doesn't know. <laughs> you ask like other people, like the other planets go around Earth and they're like, what are you talking? What? Hmm? Like, people, yeah, people in the Middle East at this, like, at that point know what's going on. People in China mostly know what's going on. Mayans figured it out way before these people. Anyway, the the model fits the data better. Mm-hmm. The math is fine. It's honestly very good that Copernicus comes up with. Yeah. It's uh, pretty untouchable. People will try mm-hmm. to make it work with a geocentric model. In interesting ways, but it's all just going to be mashups yeah. and remixes of Copernicus from here on out. Well, and especially, like, the thing is, like, maybe your geocentric one looks good until you put it up next to a heliocentric one that actually works. Yeah. And then suddenly yours looks really ugly and stupid. <laughs> it's like, oh, it doesn't even look right anymore. It's like, it's like when you practice painting and you're, like, painting a famous painting yeah. to, like, practice. And it's like, once you put it next to it, you're like, wow, mine does not look that good. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't... But if you just look at yours, you're like, this is okay. Yeah, it's, um... We'll probably talk about it at... Uh, well, yeah, we'll probably end up talking about it at some point. But the story of, like, how the teams found the structure of DNA. Mm. And, like, you're basically trying to find the structure of something that's invisible because, like, they couldn't... Yeah. You know, you can't just, like, look at it. Yeah. So they have to basically look at the shadow of shapes, like, through crystallography and mm-hmm. stuff. But, and, like, using models. But after a while, it's like, you find the structure and you're like, I mean, that's got to be it. It's, right. It it's fits the only so, thing that makes sense. It's so beautiful and it's so perfect. Yeah. And it fits every model. Yeah. And every math that we have. Right. It's like, that's got to be it. It becomes undeniable. <laughs> yeah. Occam's razor. Then this time we didn't take him out back and shoot him. Nope. Uh, but we we don't know what opinions Copernicus gives at the calendar reform thing at the Shindig. Okay. Because he decides to stay home and not go to it. <laughs> okay. He pulls a John Mulaney. He's like, I don't want to go. He's like, I'm laughing because he's me. I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to go. I don't want I want to stay home. He's so relatable. He's such a millennial. He's I wanna, like, I, wanna, I don't know what I want to study. I'm changing it up. <laughs> I don't want to go to this conference, so I just won't. I don't want. I don't want it. Uh, they might not like it. Whatever. I don't know. I don't want it. I'm just gonna take a nap. There's gonna be a lot of angry people in red dresses. I don't. I don't want. <laughs> They're it. intimidating. I don't want to do it. I haven't brushed up on my canon I'm, law. I'm a good Catholic boy, and they're gonna get mad. Good Catholic boy, and I'm gonna stay home. <laughs> Read. God wants me to stay home. <laughs> I prayed about it. I'm going to stay home. It, it takes, yeah, he's very, he is relatable. I'm yeah. like, he's so sad. And part of me is like, he's me. <laughs> it's beautiful. Because, uh, like, the other ones are a hoot. But I'm like, you're like what we want to be because you're so radical yeah. and weird. And, like, exciting and interesting. And that's why we talk about him so much. But you're more like... What we are, the real person, <laughs> right? It's the same. It's the same thing with like Governor Morris and like the other founding fathers. Like yeah. there are exciting things about Gov- Governor Morris, but all of his like 
government things or like once people say no he just goes okay and leaves <laughs> yeah and it's like all the other founding fathers are like no we have to keep going and he's like must i don't want to but the war i didn't fight and he's like eh. uh, i mean fine i'll go leave then i have other stuff to do i'm yeah. busy i mean i got other chores i have to run errands i have options i don't want to do this there's a sale at the store i like so i have to go I have a coupon. I can't be senator anymore. I have to go. <laughs> I can't be senator. There's a coupon. It's a sale. <laughs> How relatable. <laughs> My cat misses me. I can't be the governor. Yeah, senator. and I can't go to your meeting about <laughs> the calendar. <laughs> I have a cat. I can't have that first name anymore. <laughs> also, like, I know I'm going on a tangent, but can you imagine nowadays that the Catholic Church is like, we're going to get together to talk about the calendar? <laughs> Calendars would back. Be like, what? What? What are you talking about? We have like real scientists now. And they're like, no, I think we should change it. What if we changed it? People are like, this Pope is weird into, and we need to get rid of him. Into what? <laughs> what do you want to change it into? What do you want to do? What if we change it into like a lizard? <laughs> or like a lizard shape. Or a spoon. <laughs> That sounds pretty cool. I mean, we could try. Pope Spoon the First. (laughs) Okay, anyway. Spoon Man. (laughs) We should keep going. (laughs) Uh, Copernicus, it takes him a long time to publish anything. He tends to send out little bits to kind of get a feel for how people will react. Yeah. He sends excerpts to people to see what they think. He he never just lays it all out there. Mm-hmm. He has um, like an assistant co-producer, okay. uh, George Redicus, who is a young Lutheran from the U of Wittenberg who stays a with... A Lutheran? A Lutheran. He's Catholic, though. Lutheran. Drama. Mm. <laughs> Drama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... So here for it. <laughs> Lutherans are so much different than Catholics, <laughs> except they aren't. I guess it just uh, goes to show that science transcends religion. Or, it can. Or social anxiety transcends religion. Yes. Because he, he stays with Copernicus for like two-ish years, and he's the guy who helps like write the cliff notes for what will eventually be Copernicus's uh, big work, mm. uh, which is like the revolution's of uh, heavenly bodies. Right. Um, and he also helps make sure Copernicus, like, takes his vitamins. Yeah, eats and, and stuff. And, like, eats and gets sunshine and stuff. You need someone like that when you're this type where you're a hermit man <laughs> you're thinking like going, about planets. Indecisive hermit man who won't go to conferences and won't publish anything. It would have been really useful if... Um, Tesla had someone to tell him to eat and go outside. He and needed stuff. he needed a little twenty five year old teacher from a nearby university to like bundle up his manuscript and take it 100%. to stuff. We all need that. Yeah, he's his personal assistant. So they they try to give uh, Ptolemy and the old system all the gravitas they can and give it due credit. Due credit. Credit where credit whatever. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, it's a bad system. So they do stuff like they describe the the new heliocentric model as you know like a like a finely tuned instrument or mm, a machine with well-oiled cogs that fit together so well or uh, and then they describe they describe the the heliocentric model um like oh sorry I meant the geo no wait heliocentric is like a fine tuned yes machine Yes. But the geocentric. And the geocentric is like a body whose arms and limbs have been put in the wrong spots like a monster. <laughs> so they're oh, no. very poetic about it. Yeah. Just, you know, very, trying to be subtle. It's they're like, like, he's got hands where his feet are supposed to be. The old model's like a whole monster. <laughs> it's terrible. So you should probably not use it. Yeah. Redicus takes the manuscript with him when he goes to return to his teaching job. Mm-hmm. And he plans to arrange for publication at uh, Nuremberg. Okay. And here's where we start to get into questions. Because how I was taught and how I think the story usually goes is that the way Copernicus wrote the manuscript is that he's very kind of wishy-washy on the whole thing. Okay. And he writes it... Uh, he writes, like, a, a letter in the front. It's like, 
this isn't like a real system and it's all just math to fix the calendar. Yeah. And don't take this as like a religious He's hedging statement. really hard. He's like super hedging. Yeah. Because um, he doesn't want to get in trouble. Because he's a good Catholic boy. He yeah. doesn't want to tick anyone off in the church. Yep. Uh, but I was reading like an encyclopedia entry. Uh-huh. And they are saying that he... Redicus, that is. Yes. Presents the manuscript to the publisher at, at Nuremberg, and he chose the top printer in the country, which is Johann uh, Petraeus, mm-hmm. who had published a number of other ancient and modern scientific yeah, I, works. I've heard of him. Yeah, he's like a big name. Yeah. But the publisher turned the manuscript over to uh, a guy, Andreas Osiander. Okay. A theologian experienced in shepherding mathematical works. Okay. And they're saying that he's the one who put in, like, the new letter to the reader. And he's the one who kind of hedged the work. Gotcha. And kind of bent it a little bit more. Yeah. So. (laughs) Well, because, I mean, and that would make sense. Like, if he looks at it and then is like. (laughs) It's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, that actually does work. And then he has to be like, mm. <laughs> yeah, like, it's fine, but like, eh. But it's not how solar system actually be, though. But like, you can't have like the whole, you can't be like the whole thing. I mean, we're not moving or else I'd be able to feel it. I'm standing on the earth right now. I'm standing on the whole gosh dang thing. It's not moving. What about the parallax, my dude? Mm-hmm. That's the big question is the parallax. I don't know what that is. So... Parallax is like the movement of stuff based on the position of like um, like where you're standing. Mm. So if you move from one position to another, stuff that you observe appears to change. Right. Like if you go up higher than you were before, things um, look different. Yeah, it could be higher. Mostly it's just like physically. Like, like So, like, hold your finger in front of your face and close one of your eyes mm-hmm. and then close the other one, and mm-hmm. it makes your finger look like it moves. Yeah. So, the finger hasn't moved, uh, but the, like, distance between the observable, like, eye point has moved. Yeah. So, using trigonometry or, like, you know, math, you can calculate the distance to the finger yeah. based on the distance between your eyes. Mm-hmm. So using the distance of like the earth moving, you should be able to calculate the distance of like planets right. that move and also stars. But stars don't move mm-hmm. or they don't appear to. Yes. And they should mm-hmm. if the earth is like moving. Right? No. Um, well, we think that because we know stars are very, 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 very far away. Yeah. Um, people don't know that. Right. They think they're, like, a lot closer. And they're like, if we're moving, then, like, stuff should be moving. Well, and, I mean, that does, like, that makes sense to me just because um, when you see a planet in the sky, mm-hmm. like, when you can actually see them, um, they don't look, like, way bigger than stars. Yeah. They look about the same size. Maybe you can tell the color. Maybe it's a little bigger. But they don't look way different. But it's just because stars are so effing bright, dude. <laughs> right. And they're, like, so That's far why. away. But they kind of realize the ramifications for this. And I, I hope I explain parallax okay. Yeah. Um, if You can Google it. Yeah. So, like, another way to think about it is, like, Imagine a field, and there are, like, two objects in the field. There's, like, maybe a barn and a horse. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're standing in one corner of the field, maybe the barn is on the right side and the horse is on the left side. Right. And you move to the other side of the field, and it maybe looks like the barn is on the left side Mm -hmm. and the horse is on the right side. Right. But they're in the same spot. They're in the same spot as before. You're just the one that moved. Yeah. Uh, So it means that you, the earth... Are moving. Mm -hmm. And so things look like they're in different spots. Looks like they're in different spots. Uh, So that's parallax. And there should be some kind of stellar parallax, they think. Mm. Uh, And we don't actually end up being able to measure it until, like, the 1800s. Right. It takes a really freaking long time. Mm -hmm. And you can do it. Uh, 
It's really hard, though. Yeah. And you certainly can't do it in, like, the 1500s. No. When you're trying to recover from terrible things that have been happening and you don't have the technology. They, and- uh, they barely have telescope. Yeah. And they barely understand that right, the which Earth moves. To me, is then just impressive that he can figure it out and do the math. Like. Because I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> Like, you need to be able to have the Earth moving part of the equation to even start. Well, and I mean, that's probably the tripping up point of everyone else who's trying to figure it out. Yeah, and like when the ancient Greeks brought up that uh, maybe the Earth is moving, um, I think it was Aristotle was like, if that's true, then stars are like way far away. Right. Because they don't look like they're moving. And you're like... Mm -hmm. Then the universe is, like, way bigger than we thought it was. Yes. It's like, yes, that's true. You got it. I know you weren't being serious and you were kind of just saying things, but you're right. It's true. An unmoving uh, star makes a ton of sense if the Earth is not moving. If the Earth is moving, then the stars should be moving, too. Yeah. And they do. We just can't see it. Well, and this is another, like, consequence of... um, you know, the Renaissance and being like, the Greeks are right about everything, Mm -hmm. is that that everyone believes that automatically, just like they do with, like, medicine and stuff. And you're like, no. Yeah. They have very pretty things, and their thoughts are very interesting, but their science isn't good because it's old. But it's not good. So back to the publication. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird because it's like, listen, there's a lot of stuff that we can't explain, uh, so don't, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Hedging, but hedging. when Redicus, uh reads this, he's so mad that he, like, crosses out, like, with big red X's on the manuscript. Hmm. Um, and everyone's betrayed. Uh, How dare. Even apparently some bishops wrote to the city council demanding that uh, Petraeus reissue a reprint. Oh, um, but the council didn't take any action. Uh, Osiander's role wasn't made public until another astronomer, Kepler, mm-hmm. outed him in one of his publications. He's like, also, this boy, don't trust him. It ain't true. Oh. Don't trust him. So, hey. drama. Drama. <laughs> yes. This is the old school beauty community. <laughs> old drama. The YouTube beauty, old school beauty people. Yeah. Um, but there's... Something like someone else mentioned this. I think it was on the Mental Floss article, like 15 things you may not have known about Copernicus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I didn't know. And you're like, how could they think of 15? 15? I mean, I guess I don't know anything about him. <laughs> so. Uh, but he, he knew of earlier, like, Greek mathematicians who talked about astronomy and a moving Earth. Uh, but, and he had a draft that mentions them, mm-hmm. but it's taken out. In the published edition. Oh. Um, Aristarchus is the, the big name. Okay. Um, and they, the article on Mental Floss says, before submitting the manuscript, he removed the section. But now I'm wondering, was it taken out right. uh, by the this editor? Right, because it definitely um, gives it more credence that he's not the first person to have had this thought. Because, like, all the, all the authority comes from old Greek Right, and People. so if some of them are saying this, then it's like, now what are you supposed to do? What do you yeah. believe? So either way, whether he just wanted more credit for himself or other people just didn't want him to have authority, it was mm-hmm. taken out. And we found the uh, extra pages like some 300 years after that. Right. So 200 years ago-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically everyone believed in geocentrism at uh, during his lifetime and he started the ball rolling in Europe as far as people being like, hey, um, you're right, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yo, yeah. Hey, yo, it doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't make sense. Legend has it. It has kind of an air of... I don't know, like a saint's biography to it. Okay. So it may not be true, but it's, right. it's very nice. They're so gossipy. They're so gossipy. Uh, but legend has it that um, a a copy of his work, The Revolution of Heavenly Orbs, mm-hmm. was placed in his hands a few days after um, he lost consciousness from a stroke when he was... Okay. Um, in feeling ill. And it woke him up. Yeah. And he woke he woke long enough to realize that he was holding his book. Um, and then uh, he died. 
publishing as he uh, perished. Is that my book? <laughs> <It just> dies. <laughs> Did I write that? Oh. Pretty good. It's got my name on it. Bye. Bye. It's just one of those stories that you always hear about, like, and then this person, like, people make people's deaths so dramatic. <laughs> and it's like, have you ever, like, had someone in your family die? It's like, it's almost never like that. Where they, like, tell you their deep, dark secret right before, and then they, like, flatline. It's like, no. It's, Usually, yeah, it's not, not normal. Usually not. That's a legend. It, yeah, legend says that uh-huh. it's not true. It's weird how you have to say legend first, and that legend implies almost that it is not true at all. Like, maybe someone gave him the book. He's like, pretty good. Wish they hadn't edited it to a different book. Yeah. Wish they hadn't um, ruined my thing. And then he had a stroke afterwards or something. I mean, that makes more sense why he wasn't, like, put in prison or anything. <laughs> That's why he had the stroke. He's like, I can't believe it. Did what? <laughs> this is why I don't give anyone my papers. But it makes sense why people weren't mad at him. Because it's, like, it's, it gets... That's true. It's so vaguely edited that yeah. it's, like, how can you be mad at him for just, like, saying a thing? That is it's one like, thing. Whether it was intentional or not, it probably helped grease the wheels. Yeah. To being... Um, more widely accepted a lot faster. Right. And you can't complain as much when it's just like, look, it's the math works. Mm-hmm. You can't argue if it, you don't even, it doesn't matter what's in the center. Just right. it works. There you just go. Just be cool with it. Just be you, cool. You wanted to fix with the calendar? Here you go. Just be cool. Um, and then weirdly, that's funny because it's like that guy who edited it probably was like, I'm going to do this because otherwise my bosses and people are going to be mad at me. Right? Mm -hmm. And then it, like, unintentionally makes people believe it easier. (laughs) Yeah. Because then they're like, well, I mean, the church is saying, like, oh, well, I mean, you know. Mm -hmm. And they're being being soft about it. So then people can be like, okay, I'll think about it. Yeah. The church is very kind of back and forth on a lot of this. I think they have a line, and we'll talk about where people cross that line uh-huh. in another episode, I don't think Copernicus would have crossed it. It all, It's like, it also almost depends on, like, who's in charge. Yeah. Oh, it's like, it depends. <laughs> it's almost like it changes hmm. between popes. And what like, happens? Like, sometimes they have bigger things on their plate. Right, of course. Like a bunch of Lutherans being uppity. We don't have time to worry about your where the earth is and where the sun is and what's moving. Lutherans are coming to my house. Doesn't matter what's in the center of the solar system. They're yelling at me. The Vatican's in the center. People are ditching us and it's a problem. Doesn't matter what's spinning around what Martin Luther think he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> uh, whatever. Whatever. Anyway, cancel something big today. <laughs> Don't do your plans. <laughs> Don't go to that conference. Also, just reminds you, you know... You need a good editor sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. And sometimes, you know what? Like, they're going to edit it in a way that you don't like, but it might make it more digestible, and people might like it more because of it. Yeah, even if they really backstabbed you. Yep. Um, it still could work out for the best for everyone. In, like, the long term, after you're dead, and maybe the anger killed you. Yeah. Maybe, Who knows? like, no one in your lifetime ever got over it but yeah. in the long term who knows <laughs> and you know what even if you are a fantastically unremarkable person if you do one thing that's important <laughs> people will remember who you are oh yeah all the statues of him where he's looking so like regal and like learned i'm like he's a loser like he doesn't <sighs> he did like one good math he's like barely he didn't even fight that hard for it. He stayed home. Like, he's only in this, like, equation with these other people because he just, like, started it. He didn't fight for he it. He didn't even he, really want to do it. He wasn't that charged up about it. I don't think he was. See, but I also like that because the, the archetype of scientists is so much like, <laughs> I've got this and I'm going to prove it to everyone. And it's so intense and like, mm-hmm. I'm in charge and like, I have to stick to that no matter what. I believe it. And he's so much more like... He's the human about it. He's the neurotic introverted scientist. Yeah. I just, well, and I imagine him like figuring this out in his like, you know, at, at his desk in his room and then being like, uh oh. Oh. Hmm. 
and then mm. him like like no 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 I can't be right and then like redoing it like eight times and then being like <laughs> oh no that's weird and why hasn't anyone else figured this out right he's like I can't be the one who figured this out someone else knows this and then finds some of the Greek people being like oh yeah I have a law that's degree that's an idea yeah how did I do this I barely have a law degree yeah <laughs> in religious law <laughs> I need an assistant. Just it just reminds me. I wrote this paper when I was, in. and then the Catholic Church invites him to talk about the calendar. Yeah. No, I can't go. No, I can't. I can't. Mm. Uh, no. It reminds me. I wrote this paper in college where uh, I was in this class about inventions, mm-hmm. uh, the history of inventions. Um, I don't. There were specific dates. It was like from fifteen something to present. Or something like that. Or like 1950. I think we stopped at like TVs and stuff. Because um, you can only do so many things. But uh, we were we had to do a paper in that class. And I did a paper about not an invention, which is what everyone else was doing. Because I have to be a rebel. But I did it about inventors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I'm more interested in people generally in history than in objects. Um, boring. And so uh, I talked about like what makes inventors like why these people are the ones who get it why Mm -hmm. they're the ones or in discoveries too like why these people are figuring it out yeah and um like a lot of my argument was about um being less specialized in your education like that if you're in more fields then you're thinking in different ways and then you're able to solve the problem Mm -hmm. and like that's what he did so i'm right (laughs) so the next time someone tells you your astrology isn't going to go anywhere. <laughs> you tell them Copernicus. Yeah. Talk to them about Nostradamus and Copernicus. You tell them. Um, and then you, you tell them about retrograde. And did you hear that, Professor Pete? Like, there, <laughs> my argument stands. I didn't stands. use Copernicus in my paper. If I had known about him, I would have. Yeah. Proof. Uh, it's a bit of a stretch calling him an inventor. A discovery. Uh, sure. I included people who did discoveries. Uh, sure. Yeah, we'll give him. They're in the same like general category. Um, Yeah, I'm feeling kind of pitying today. (laughs) We'll We'll, give it to him. We'll give him a discovery. Uh, Anyway, thank you for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed learning about Doofus Boy Copernicus (laughs) and um, that you connected with him and with us. Yeah. Uh, You can email us at hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. If any of you know about astrophysics, have um pity <laughs> yeah pity. be kind take pity on me uh yeah that's it yay <laughs> yay happy time happy happy Hap- go do thing bye mm. <laughs> wowie <laughs>